and welcome to the House of Who podcast, formerly known as Artist CEO Podcast. I am your host, Shan Free. Here at House of Who, we talk about basically who are you? Who am I? Who are we? And why does it matter? This is the place where we still talk about business and art and the integration of the two, how creativity concerns business, and in fact, how business can be works of art. We can get all philosophical soon, don't you worry. But even the question, I think, therefore I am, is that true? Is it because we think? Get ready. We're expanding what it means to be. So what have I been up to lately? My goodness. Like most of us, I think I've I think I can say this pretty confidently that this is probably going on for many of us alive in 2023 which is um there's a lot as things come out of the pandemic era and as we awaken to spring and summer as we turn into busy little bees that are going from flower to flower, pollinating, gathering, reveling, mating, whatever, whatever reverie floats your boat. I just said mating because that's what animals are doing right now, but you don't have to be mating. But just that essence of creativity, right? Creating, mating is collaboration. It's creative. It's generational. It's, yeah, it's birthing forth stimulating, populating, pollinating, what's next? And what's next is this next era for humanity, which is going to be totally brand new and never before seen and mind-blowing. And then in a few generations, it'll be the past. History repeating and all that. So That's what I see socially and maybe even universally, but for me personally and professionally, what's happening? My goodness. Well, I've been thinking a lot about pleasure and pain. Yeah, that's what it's been, pleasure and pain. Basically, pleasure. This is a very broad category and it includes physical pleasure sensual pleasure, like just the pleasure of the breeze on your face and the sun on your back and jasmine tea hot in your cup that you just got from the thrift store that was marked for $3, but they discounted it down to $1. And it has the word Sharon on it, which is your bestie's nickname for God in the universe. And then you fill it with jasmine tea and you drink it and you feel all lit up and inspired. And then you're like, yeah, Thanks, Sharon. That's pretty much what I mean by that kind of pleasure. And then erotic pleasure. I had a birthday in March and I was invited to perform. I have a fabulous friend who is a producer, director, writer, playwright, actor. She's multi-talented and fabulous. And I met her in New York when she was running a theater off off Broadway there, and I performed my one woman show. So it was many years ago, and we hit it off instantly, and then lost touch. And she ended up leaving New York, and I was randomly searching for what's going on at the fairgrounds over here in Sonoma County, and her face popped 
popped up. And I was like, what is she doing here? And she is, she made her way over to Sonoma County and she's teaching improv and et cetera. Anyway, so I reached out to her and she apparently has been given this fabulous gig to do monthly, like, burlesque erotica variety shows with, you know, comedy and monologue and Cirque and burlesque and all kinds of really fun. It's a great group of people. So anyway, she invited me and said, consider doing something for the stage, writing your own work. And I said, I don't do erotica. (laughs) I just don't. I'm fairly private with that kind of stuff. And I'm shy when it comes to all that sexy stuff. So I took it as a challenge. And of course, I did it. So it was my birthday and I said, what a better way. So I wrote a piece called What's Sexy? And it's all about how sexiness has nothing to do with age. Sexiness has to do with, spoiler alert, freedom. And freedom. Yeah, that's what I think is sexy. So it's my birthday today. (laughs) Thank you. And I am the meaning of life, the universe, and of everything. I'm afraid too, and he... I'm so glad. Okay, if you haven't seen it, watch it. You should really check it out. Okay, so I am actually a professor studying what's sexy. And so I'm here to give you all an update on my research. Okay, so um, here's the thing. Um, Is that at first I thought that sexy was young and beautiful. You know, I thought that is really about perky and being taut and, you know, big here and small here and va-va-boom, and you know how it is. But now I really know what's up. So basically, do you want to know what's sexy? Truth. And freedom. Basically, you know, the truth of who you are and the freedom from the bullshit. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Oh, that shit. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> screw that bullshit. Which is actually really funny, you know, because when you're saying screw this or fuck that, what you're really saying is have sex with, but why do we want to have sex with things that we don't like? <laughs> Except that maybe it's very empowering to transform something, you know, from something that you despise into something that you desire. I like it. <laughs> okay. So, fuck war. I will have sex with war. (laughs) Fuck hypocrisy. Hello, hypocrisy. I would like to do you. I mean, fuck anxiety. I really hate anxiety. You know, but I mean, like, sexy anxiety. I love all that energy coursing through my body. Wow! Okay, so, I mean, basically, this is really where the fun can begin, because we can have equal pleasure and benefit of all things, the things we like and the things that we don't like. And so, if we're walking around, now the whole world becomes an object of our desire and ardor and... And that's where the fun begins, because, you know, then you can add in solipsism. You know, solipsism? (laughs) The theory that, um, you know, if if everything is all in your head, then the only thing that can be known to exist is the self. And so then basically everything is you. You know, all is one kind of shit. So then basically if we want to have sex with everything we like and everything we don't like and everything is you, now the entire world opens up into being one 
big, beautiful point of desire. Maybe it's one big masturbatory pleasure party. And and that kicked off my erotica performance career, apparently. So I've been showing up whenever I'm here in California, because these days I'm spending some of my some of my days in France. And so I'm I'm part of the company now. I'm in the company at the California performing monthly in this show. And it's called Forbidden Kiss. Anyway, more info below. But that's what I've been up to. And it's been really fun to explore this whole other side of myself, this whole other world that before was not part of my, not just work and artwork and writing, but personality. And I realize how malleable who we are really is and that we can get interested in something and then we can explore it and we can write about it or talk about it or think about it or read about it, basically explore it. And in that way, we can kind of assimilate parts of it, whatever parts feel appealing and leave the rest into the new fabric of who we are. And so that's been really fun because now I can say, oh yes, I am a intellectual erotica performer. Why not? And also just tapping into parts of myself that are sensual and erotic. And to me, that connects so deeply back to freedom because it's about being free in our bodies. And it doesn't have to be so heavy-handed with the sexy. It can just be about being freer in our bodies, in our minds, in what we consider acceptable and safe and what we're willing to express and what we're willing to take in. And and for me, this has been a wonderful invitation to continue on with my lifelong journey of freeing yourself and being free with your identity and waking up. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. I'm Dr. Erika. You can call me Erica. Uh, I'm not actually a doctor, doctor, although if you want to play doctor later, we can. Uh, I'm actually, I just have a doctorate. I have a PhD in what's sexy. And so I'm here today to return to the stage, actually, to read to you um, an excerpt from my newly published hypothesis, um, Redefining Mindfuck. An experiential hypothesis. In it, I propose that we reclaim the word mindfuck. More like mind sex, mind love, when we open up our minds to a thought that has the potential to liberate our bodies. I'm not gonna ram my idea down your throat, don't worry. Like so much discourse today, no, no, I'm going to slip my idea into your mind. Gently. Do I have your consent? (laughs) Wonderful. So definitions. Fuck. Noun and verb. You should all be familiar. Sex, intercourse. This can involve any parts. Penis and vagina, penis and penis, penis and anus, tongue and vagina, etc. For our purposes, the touching of an erotic body part or penetration of one body part into a space that would otherwise be considered sacred or very, very personal. (laughs) Something of mine into something of yours. Mind. Noun. That which allows us to be aware of the world 
thoughts, ideas, concepts, consciousness itself. Mind is both a body part and a space that would otherwise um, include in which things appear. And it is a deeply intimate and private part of ourselves, no? So in theory, I could stick my thoughts into your consciousness, or you could stick your ideas into my mind, and we would be mind-fucking. <laughs> that sounds like a good Wednesday night. <laughs> so that's been great. That's been exciting. So that's what I'm up to, and um, maybe I'll talk about it more. And then on the other side of that is pain. I've been um, recently reading and learning about the mind-body connection as it relates to pain and how pain can be all in the... Not that it's all in the mind, like it's not real. It's real. But more that it can originate in the brain rather than in the body. So I've been reading a lot about the neuroscience behind pain, the neuroscience really behind how we create our reality and um, what it is to have a belief or an opinion or even an identity and how that exists in the brain. But a lot of stuff that exists in the brain are maybe not factual, true representations out in the physical world. And where is that line between fact and fiction in the brain and reality And how do we learn about our cognitive habits and take hold of them and be intentional and really making choice and realizing how much choice we have and also how much choice we don't have about what we see as our reality, what we see as ourselves, and therefore who we are. Because belief influences, excuse me, influences behavior And behavior influences action, and action influences what we create, and that influences reality. So it's really fascinating. In particular, I'm reading a book right now called The Way Out by Alan Gordon with Elon Ziv. And um, it's basically about the neuroscience of chronic pain, because I am a chronic pain, or I have been a chronic pain sufferer. I'm rewriting that self-identification. And let me just quote you one thing from this book. The brain is capable of generating any physical sensation, any physical sensation in any part of the body. One more time. The brain is capable of generating any physical sensation in any part of the body. Pain in your back, your neck, your eyes, your teeth, muscle pain, nerve pain, sharp pain, dull pain, tightness, tingling, burning, numbness. That's amazing. Basically, It is possible to experience any type of sensation and it is originating from the brain rather than the body. What that means is you can be experiencing things that you think are coming from the physical world via your body and that doesn't actually, there's not an actual physical stimulating source. That's amazing. I mean, we could wax philosophical about what the has, what how that connects back to our perception of reality and where it's originating from but even just keeping with the body that's fascinating and tremendously empowering so i'm reading a lot about how chronic pain can be something that's called neuropathic pain which is 
brain originating pain and how, why that happens, how it happens and what we can do about it and how that can actually empower us to rewrite circuits in the brain that have been formed that are kind of a mistake because the body is interpreting danger signals or sorry, the brain is interpreting danger signals from the body and that being actually not true. The brain is sort of misfiring or miswired really to be interpreting danger signals that actually don't, aren't indicating true physio-structural problems. That's a big deal. I may be geeking out a little bit, and maybe I just lost a few readers, but for those who are still with me, I mean, really fucking fascinating, right? Most of us experience some kind of chronic pain. I know a lot of people with chronic pain. So to me, this is really fascinating. So basically, I'm exploring through art and through science, pain and pleasure. And then this is also coming around to work and professional sphere and branding and naming and collaboration and creation because that's always a perennial pursuit of mine is how do we balance our creative lives our professional lives do they need to be different do they need to be the same do we even need to have these labels anymore I don't know that's for another show but I am um well I've got something very exciting going on I can't talk about it yet because the papers aren't signed yet yes legal papers and contracts are involved you know how I love legal stuff and so um but I'm very excited to reveal it hopefully very soon in the next few months but it's exciting it's um new collaborations are afoot transformation for House of Who is afoot. You might have already noticed the name change of the podcast and House of Who continuing to be a vehicle for self-actualization, to be a vehicle for self-exploration and discovery, definition, freedom, and um, all things who are you? Who am I? And changing that question into a statement. I am this. I am that. I am neither this nor that. I am. So hope that's a happy little update and you enjoyed it and you're interested to come along with me on my journey. Sending love and freedom and peace to everyone and all things out there. And yeah, may you know who you are and love it.